This is Charles Collins, the best-selling author of the Lifecraft book series available on Amazon and producer of the companion Making a Masterpiece of Your Life audio collection. And you're listening to Cut to the Chase podcast. Stepping out beyond boundaries takes courage and the ability to dream. We are excited to share our new audio podcast called Cut to the Chase. The structure of this podcast embodies open dialogue with friends, family, and professional colleagues talking about things that impact our ability to thrive. We hope that you will join our unscripted, unbridled podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase, episode 121, entitled, Where Are the Good Men? You know, I could probably go, hmm, where are the good men? I'm sure a lot of, of our women listeners are probably going, hmm, where are the good men? Well, today... I have brought forth a good friend that I recently met who's also a best-selling author. And I'll tell you his story and the things that bring forth his overall vision about life can kind of help us resonate a lot about tradition, heritage, and where are the good men? And so before I get too far into introducing him, I just like to open up with a quote. And it goes like this. Your life is a work of art. A craft to be carefully mastered. Your patience has replaced time with who you are so that you may create your own destination. Now, a lot of us are probably going, hmm, that is something kind of peculiar, Greg. But let me finish introducing our featured guest today, because like I said, he's going to help us bring all of this together when we talk about where are the good men, and how our life is really a craft that we need to master. And so today, our featured guest is a best-selling author of the Life Craft book series, a producer of the companion Making a Masterpiece of Your Life audio collection, and publisher of Life Masterpiece Journal. Handed down over centuries of master craftsmen and women across the world, he's revealed the best test of practices of craftsmanship as a key to unlocking the universe principles of excellence for developing a high level of endeavor from personal and professional development to manage your business, your household, and improving your parental skills. And I'm going to add one more component to that, improving your life. 
His work has demonstrated how anyone can learn from the practice of life as a craft to achieve extraordinary results. Now, before I continue introducing our featured guest, I want to go back to what I said earlier. Your life is a work of art, a craft to be carefully mastered. In 2012, he published Making a Masterpiece of Your Life and quickly became Amazon's number one bestseller. Seven years later, he, per he, he published his second book, The Way of the Craftsman, The Tao of Life Av as a Craft, followed by Life Masterpiece Podcasts. Today, he shares his work in the pursuit of craftsmanship and practice life as a craft through guest appearances on podcasts and articles and other various publications. Now, most of us don't think of life as a craft. They don't think of, you know, the fact that we are on this destination of journey. And our featured guest today is going to help us bring all of that home. He's going to really help us identify where are the good men, question mark, and where are the good women, question mark, because we need to truly understand that life is a work of art and identify who we are as individuals through our craft. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Charles Collins. How are you doing today? Do you have any opening remarks? Gregory, good morning. Uh, no, you, I'd like to meet myself after that introduction, I'll be honest. <laughs> so, no, my remarks are thank you. Uh, very, very well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for, uh, for one, reaching out to us, um, and, and, and two, um, you know, being able to come on board uh, our program and share um, you know, this, this masterful type of, of book series, as well as your journey and your, and your life's work, uh, with our audience. And then also, you know, I want to highly recommend that, uh, you know, as, as we talked about a while back during our discovery call, we just don't get too many men on our program. So, so thank you for, for being on our program also for, for that. And so Charles, uh, let's cut to the chase. Let's let's jump into you know our our questions here. So, I think you know one of the things that that really kind of people get a little bit confused on when we start talking about historical events and when we start talking about all of the things that people, as a craftsman or a craftswoman or man, just just say craftsperson. Um, these heritage, these these traditions and principles for excellence. Can you walk us through, in your own words, how those things have been transcended in your family from generation to generation, and and why it's so significantly important for you today to really play it forward? Yes, Gregory, I think you know, coming from anyone's family and our heritage and traditions, that's not just those who went before us and what we may have learned from them, uh, but it also our heritage is the world in which we live today. 
mm-hmm. and what's going on around us and how that's also imprinting us. And then, of course, that also means what is it that we are going to leave to the next generation? That is also mm-hmm. a heritage. We call it legacy. Mm-hmm. And if we sit back, most of us, most of us can find in our past a story about someone, an aunt, an uncle, a grandfather, great grandmother, someone who may have earned a reputation for being highly skilled at one thing or another. Um, many of us who come from, let's say, European descendants versus you know other experiences of of, of how our ancestors arrived uh, on this continent. Mm-hmm. There, there is a common story among, let's say, the European descendants where my family comes from. They arrived with $5 in their pocket mm-hmm. and went on to create a life of fulfillment and abundance and growth, a foundation upon which the next generation could build. Mm-hmm. And that dedication to, to skill that dedication to practice, that dedication to a trade, a craft, an art, whatever it was, is what drove them forward. Because as they saw incremental improvement, as they saw, you know, continued feedback of I'm, 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 I'm becoming successful, I'm moving up and getting stronger, that mm-hmm. sense of self-esteem and self-fulfillment drove them to even greater levels of skill and excellence of execution, which means mm-hmm. they delivered a result onto the table. And in my family, and many listeners are going to relate to this, I can always remember the elders when I was very young talking about, you know, why do you do what you do or, or what is it that's important? And without question, they would always tell us that we wanted to make it a little bit better for the next generation. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that that's something that a lot of us can start connecting with at this moment as we get deeper into the conversation about really what is craftsmanship, as you said, craftshumanship, <laughs> craftswomanship, it's right. all the same. And how do we really take away the costume of what that is, see it for what it is naturally that can be applied to any endeavor in our lives, and can we use it to make a masterpiece of our lives? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I love the way you phrase, you know, the the context of the elders, and and their notion of their sacrifice, their resiliency, and perseverance to try and ensure that they set the course and the path for the next generation to have a more fulfilled or or a betterment of of life. And so for me, Charles, that really touches home because you know listening to your history and knowing my history, you know, there's there's two sides of of what I would consider to be the track here. And I remember hearing those same stories from my my elders, my grandfather. Uh, my great-grandfather passed away well before I was able to meet him. But I remember hearing those stories 
and watching what transpired during those times as my elders went from the sharecropping, the slavery, and really putting an emphasis on honing, honing in on their craft to be educated. And what I mean by that is literally every single individual on my mom's side of the family has achieved PhD stature, and that set the stage for literally every generation to come after that or preceding that based on the notion that we have laid the, found, the, the foundation for you guys. The feel is not where we want to be. Education is the predominant way for us to hone in on, on who we are as individuals, and we want the next generation to continue to play that forward. And so, you know, when you, when you started talking about the betterment of the next generation, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Every single person should be able to relate to that because if you go back one generation or even if you go back two generations, the quality of life should have improved. I mean, at least we would think so. I mean, we hope that for everyone. But, you know, looking at my own story and as I try to bring that into our into our conversation, I step back or sit back and I say, man, in 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 the in the period of my life stint, 50 years, we've come a long ways. What what are your what are your thoughts there? I mean, because you shared a very similar path except on a on a different different side of the track. Yes, I think that uh, we can see around us, uh, as you say, we've come a very long way. And when we look around us in what is our present day heritage, mm -hmm. you know, that which is imprinting us today, as you said, we can see a lot of things that have specifically been done and created improvements for our, quote, lot, our existence. Mm -hmm. We can also, many of us, see those same things uh, from previous generations that have, as you remarked, the, the, the focus on education to, mm -hmm. to bring that next generation forward. We can also see that there's been a lot of slip backward yep. uh, in, in, in both individual families and family heritage and the, the present day cultural heritage in which we find ourselves wherever you're listening in the world, whether it's Asia or the African continent or here in America, mm -hmm. there's always, they say, you know, one step forward, two steps back type of thing. Mm -hmm. But the presence of the idea of craftsmanship, and this is where so many of these cultural ideas come from, mm -hmm. is that for thousands and thousands of years, all over the world, at any given time, every single culture, no matter what the language or worldview or cosmological constructs of how and why we're here, mm -hmm. when it came down to learning our trades, occupations, and professions, yeah, from, mm -hmm. from law and medicine to pyramid building, mm -hmm. there was always this fundamental set of principles of learning the knowledge of the trade in its entirety, learning the materials of the trade and how they behave and how one has to treat them and not break them, mm -hmm. and learning the tools of the trade and improving your, your skill with those tools to achieve a high quality end result. Now, mm -hmm. if, we, if we think of those universal principles, 
This comes through from our families in the way that they've spoken to us, one or several members in the family. We may look around in the society around us and see individuals who are practicing at a high level of skill in something, and it astounds us and delights us. And mm -hmm. we are drawn to that skillful execution, that craftsmanship. So mm -hmm. for the audience today, hearing the word craftsmanship, what I'm hoping they're starting to take away from your guided conversation is that this principle called craftsmanship, even though we fundamentally learn it from our trades, occupations, and professions, is the fundamental principle that if applied to any other area and endeavor in our lives from parenting, running a well-managed household as if you were a master craftswoman or person running a good workshop, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, uh, running a business and managing it properly. The principles of craftsmanship will have you not only making a masterpiece of your own life, but you will then be delivering back to society, starting with your own family generation, a work which speaks for itself and upon which future generations can build. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Charles, there's, I mean, you know, I, I love the way you, you kind of uh, eloquently put that, you know, these are universal principles. And, you know, as, as I've stepped back through my career and, and, and kind of listened to what you were saying, you know, those points, those universal principles, maybe in my mind, subconsciously, they were not standing out at, at that moment. But now that you've kind of you know, elaborated on them a little bit further in detail. You know, they they are significant points of view where, you know, when you feel that you've hit the pinnacle of whatever that skill or that mastery craft that you exude, you know, this level of confidence of achieving excellence and you're really pride, your your pride in professionalism shows through. And I guess for me, you know, as I look back, it 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 kind of resonates when I started my first management consultancy firm and was able to get that first government contract and really kind of move and grow and and flourish and prosper and and like like we've talked about or we have been talking about is honing in on that uniqueness, that sense of excellence and the sense of fulfillment that one is being able to live in a lifespan of, you know, or excuse me, to live in a better part of, of their life, you know? And uh, I, I find that very fascinating that uh, you've kind of packaged that up in, in a concept, and I'm sure it's not your concept, but in the concept of your development in the books that you've written, to lock in what you've called those universal principles. And so leading up to my next question, you know, throughout your life as being a father and an author and a producer, you've adopted a lot of these things into not only your professional and personal development, but you've also adopted those into your parenting skills as to how you've, you've taught your kids. Can you share with our listeners how you were able to kind of share this wisdom and transfer that knowledge to them, you know, literally from, you know, their birth to now. 
So that's how this whole journey started for me. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, one day my six-year-old daughter came into the kitchen and said, you know, dad, what's life all about? Or something <laughs> sure, sure. And after I picked myself up off the floor and, you know, tried to think, okay, well, how, how do I answer that question? Or how do we as people answer that question? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, well, it's all about, you know, living a good life or it's all about you know, making money for oneself and, and having good things for your family. Or it's all about being a good person. Or perhaps it's about God's plan. Or perhaps you might say something else. And what, what is it exactly that you would say? What is the curriculum? What are the mm -hmm. skills? that are needed to be taught to the next generation so that they can actually make a masterpiece of their own lives mm -hmm. versus experiencing life as a balancing act, you know, mm -hmm. constantly off balance and falling off the wire by something coming at them, which is unexpected or they're unskilled for. Mm -hmm. So that particular revelation on that day as a parent is what started me asking the question, what's the curriculum? So mm -hmm. that was the first step in the process. And the curriculum eventually ended up boiling down to every topic that, you know, we talked about or thought about or were interested in or that, you know, life was about seemed to come down to these five simple components, which we call the five elements of life as a craft, such okay. that you could say life is not this random unstructured thing, nor is it a straitjacket that you're structured and you're so rigid you can't move. Mm -hmm. It's like in our trades and crafts and occupations, the knowledge of that trade or that craft, the PhD that's mm -hmm. being acquired in that trade or that craft, mm -hmm. the body of knowledge is usually broken down into four or five master components, which you then progressively learn over time as you move through your first phase of learning in those, those subjects up to your PhD in those subjects, which is mm -hmm. becoming a master. So mm -hmm. the first phase in the parenting was to not only establish not what was the exact curriculum, because that changes on a day-to-day -day basis, but depending upon what topic of interest is on your desk, your workbench right now for sure, the family. Sure. Is it, you know, is it good manners or is it potty training or, you know, what, whatever it might right. be. But right. the, the five master categories helped us realize that life can be put into a framework as a craft to be learned and to be uh, uh uh, developed or, or achieve incremental excellence over time, which mm -hmm. is the exact opposite of extreme everything, you know, extreme sure. sports, extreme health, whatever the case may be. It's more of a balanced approach to incremental excellence because you have to learn, then you have to practice, then you have to improve that skill. And eventually you get to a level of that skill where you can put it to work for you. So mm -hmm. for, our, for our daughter, for our family, in studying this, we realized that in the traditional craftsman's workshops, when you go back thousands of years, mm -hmm. one of the, the more common tools used in the workshop among all of the, the, the workers in the workshop, and now think of your home as a workshop, mm -hmm. is they used to have what's called the workshop journal. And yep. the journal was a place where instructions about what happened in the workshop could be placed for everyone to see. But it was also a place where people could make entries about improving a process or mm -hmm. something that they were interested in talking about, like a new product in, in the workshop. So mm -hmm. we took that idea as our first step and we created this beautiful journal, like a book, and okay. we put it in the family kitchen where everybody could see it. And while we didn't reference it all of the time, it was there. 
and it became an artifact and part of a heritage to our family. So that's how it started. Mm. Very interesting. So inside of this journal, um, as you've as you've alluded to, you know, it set up. I would call it the rules of engagement. Would, would that would, would well, that be the safe that, assumption? Some of that was some. You know, you do find some of that in there. I mean, everyone listening to this, think about whether or not you have rules of the house. Uh, you know, that all of a sudden just come into existence, like no running or, you know, don't bang those right on the walls or, you know, mm-hmm. don't park your car on the front yard or something. You know, every household does run like a workshop, but mm-hmm. a lot more things go on than just following rules in a home. There's love right. and there's conversation and there's ideas that want to be talked about. And someone starts saying, you know, I, I you know, I'm feeling something about inside about who I think I am. It could be a gender-related identity, or it could be any number of things. All these things can be potentially topics that have a little entry in the journal that start the idea of a conversation that can be had in Mm -hmm. the workshop. And it's not just you're always reaching for the first thing that comes to your mind when you're in the middle Mm -hmm. of the conversation, which oftentimes is not the best thing. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's rather uh, that's rather interesting that the the correlation uh, between that traditional um, craftsmanship practice is so relevant to <clears throat> what what uh, what I would consider to be a part of you know the structure of establishing a plan um, establishing you know. Um, the rules of engagement for operating a project or building a building or whatever the case may be literally starts at the core of what's documented in the charter or in the journal that governs how everyone communicates and how everyone engages and identifies whatever those rules of governance are. And, uh, you know that's 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 rather interesting that that parallel to me kind of kind of comes together because I never would have related the craftsmanship practice to being correlated with some of these other things that I'm more familiar with. But now that you've kind of stated these things, it it, it makes a lot of sense as to why they are executed in the manners that they're executed today. Is because you are really striving for what most companies or businesses now call that core center of excellence, you know, and and having that that as being their their best possible work, their best possible uh, products or, or or whatever they're producing at the time, uh, as being you know the governance to help them achieve that on an ongoing basis, and so thousands of years. Thousands of years. I mean, who who would have thought, right? <laughs> well, that's exactly right. Who who would have thought? Which is, we didn't think of that either until the the opportunity presented itself. Starting first with the idea behind, you know, a curriculum. You know, if if right. our trades, occupations, and professions all have a body of knowledge that is to be learned and progressively 
taken on in time and understood better and then practiced and practice is the key element because craftsmanship mm -hmm. takes thousands of hours to become a master. You're making mm -hmm. wonderful progress along the way and you're becoming proficient, but to become a master, mm -hmm. you're, you're thousands of hours in. So think about that for a moment. And then the fact that humankind in every culture throughout history has arrived at these certain common fundamental principles and workshop management mm -hmm. and the knowledge that is to be operated in that workshop, it is from that heritage that when we looked at it, we said, you know, we can take some lessons from that. We can take some framework architecture from that mm -hmm. and bring that back into this little tiny workshop called our home. Because when you think about it, a home that's well run, a home that has good procedures where mom and dad aren't just pulling things out of the air and the kids are going left and right. And today you're upstairs, tomorrow you're downstairs. Mm -hmm. A workshop that has financial management so that the family has resources, mm -hmm. right? And if you don't have good family, household management and personal and financial management, which is part of the five principles in life as a craft, mm -hmm. that can cause difficulty. So when we started looking at it, we realized, for goodness sakes, the model is right in front of us. Right. It's thousands of years old. How can we then bring that in and simplify it so that it's something we do every day when we go out into the world? We, 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 no one has just ever given us the simplified version of that to bring home and raise our families. And now we have. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, uh, that's quite powerful, Charles. I mean, you know, I, I haven't dived into the Lifecraft book series, <clears throat> excuse me, or uh, or gone through all, any of your audio collection, but but certainly I'm for me I'm I'm very intrigued uh, with regards to number one how it 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 grounds the philosophy around like you said the four or five pillars and the 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 aspect of understanding those pillars and how they can really be applied you know, in just about everything that you do, because you would want to achieve some sense of, and I'm using the word excellence, but, you know, you want to achieve some sense of satisfaction or accomplishment in, in everything that you do. And you, like you said, you don't want it to be chaotic. <laughs> you don't want it to be, um, you know, a laborious type of task. You want it to be thought out in a manner that, as a craftsman, you're making the fundamental, you know, steps, you're putting the right framework and foundation in place so that you yield the highest probability of success as you move forward through your life's journey. Now, there's a lot of other great things that people have put out there, you know, that talk about success and operating and, you know, how to run your family. And people talk a lot about mindset and overcoming and you know they've got all these crazy buzz terms out there 10x 3x 4x 5x all these wild you know cliches that are going on but when you get back down to what all of that really is is what we're talking about right now it is the practice of craftsmanship and you know it it's it's like a light bulb going off in my head going you know 
thousands and thousands of years, it has never been simplified, as you've, as you've alluded to, where people can grab hold of it and stop calling it all of these other crazy names and really get back to the brass roots of what it really takes to operate in those four or five pillars. And so, Charles, let's talk a little bit about your Lifecraft book series. Can you can you kind of carry us at a high level through what the track of accomplishments are that each uh, kind of uh, book is, is really leading up to? I mean, do you actually go back thousands of years and kind of set the stage and tone of, of craftsmanship as a practice? Oh, I really do. Okay. I really do. In one of the books, The Way of Craftsmanship, I take the reader on a journey across uh, seven different places in the world in time, from Japan to India to the craftsmen and craftswomen of the African continent to South America, uh, everywhere, mm-hmm. and take you in. And that, so that particular book, The Way of Craftsmanship, which was the last book that I wrote, is actually now been done as a complete audio article called The Way of Craftsmanship. And that is, it's on a podcast platform, but it can also be accessed at the Life Masterpiece Journal, which is a, uh, it's it's all of the all of the work, all of the written content, everything, and the structure. So mm-hmm. that was a big thing here. Is all of that is there physically for you to touch and see. I've replicated that workshop journal that was on our fa- in our family's kitchen in a beautiful leather bound book is mm-hmm. now sitting in the place called Life Masterpiece Journal in the same structure with the same content and all of the lessons that are there. And the journal means it's the place for you now to structure your own journal. Mm-hmm. And that's the idea behind it. But the the journey in the way of craftsmanship uh, is, a, is a beautiful one because my my particular profession had me traveling all over the world uh as you and i talked about when we first had our discovery call Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. we've visited many places we've had to work in many places we've worked with people in different cultures and times and while we may be doing similar work we may have been trained in a particular trade or craft we Mm -hmm. can also see when we get into it there are dimensions of the way that people apply themselves to that trade or craft or occupation that are absolutely influenced by the heritage that they come mm-hmm. from and the heritage in which they currently exist. And mm-hmm. you can then see these flavors and variations. And that particular one, The Way of Craftsmanship, the audio version article, people might like very much because we use music from different parts of the world behind each of those stories to bring you there and have mm-hmm. you realize that masterpieces if you understand what craftsmanship is masterpieces are extraordinary works results it's Mm -hmm. something that's tangible and it doesn't have to be in wood or clay a masterpiece can be built in any medium including thought mediums sure and we we see that in mathematics or philosophy or in a motion picture or 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 a fabulous novel so Mm -hmm. to, to to understand what a masterpiece is, how it gets created, the skill required, the focus required, the knowledge required, then you start to realize the difference between what is a true masterpiece and true craftsmanship or the all-too-common fake imitation, photocopy, 
trying to look and have the appearance of craftsmanship, but when you look at the quality of the work, it crumbles because mm -hmm. there's nothing there. So right. it teaches us one simple thing. Everyone listening to your show today can go somewhere into their lives where there was a time, and it could be today, it could have been in the past, where they learned something in depth. They had mm -hmm. to study it. They had to practice it. They improved upon it. And as they improved, it could have been downhill skiing. It could have been cooking. It could have been banging in the garage. But it took time and commitment and practice to mm -hmm. achieve a level of accomplishment, to achieve a level of incremental excellence. Now, take that and look at any other thing in your life that you need to learn and practice and understand that you can approach that thing in the same manner. And that most of the time when you're feeling frustrated or absolutely at your wit's end is because you neither understand that thing that you need to practice, you don't know what the processes are and no one has taught you the tools and therefore you're extremely frustrated. And that means anything from raising your children to you know getting the car to do <laughs> what you needed to do. Sure. You follow what I'm saying? And, and, and this is the critical key, and that's what is in the work that we've left for everyone to go see, because now I'm leaving my legacy to the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, we certainly, uh, excuse me, certainly appreciate you, uh, you sharing that uh, with us. And before um, we get to closing remarks, you know, I did ask the question earlier on, you know, where are the good men? Where are the good women? And so to answer that question, there are plenty of good men and good women around. But unfortunately, people have become so jaded by the pain they've experienced or seen that they can't recognize when they are looking right at one, the person in the mirror, we all have the capabilities to take life as a work of art and carefully master it. And so I'm going to really answer that question today because I, I recall the conversation with Charles and I doing our discovery call so vividly as we were, as we were trying to decipher Okay, what, 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 what name are you going to go with on the podcast? And when I gave him the name of the podcast and how I wanted to kind of transcend his body of work and, and, and really focus in on where are the good men, it was purposely intentful to really demonstrate and to really show not only to my audience, but to everyone listening to this podcast that when you truly answer that question, where are the good men? Well, the answer to that question is we're talking to one of those good men today. His philosophy, his principles, you know, his, his key to unlocking, you know, all of these things that lead us to higher excellence. Charles, we're proud of you. And, and you know, I can, I can state that in a manner that your body of work is something that everyone should consider picking up a book, 
and truly understanding how to improve these traditions, these heritages, these traits of things that have happened over thousands of years that will still flourish and carry on in our lives for many more thousands of years to come. And so, Charles, I know perhaps that came as a shocker to you, but I figured I better get that in before I give you final remarks. Well, I just <laughs> want to say, Gregory, that the craftsman's ultimate purpose is to not only deliver to the world a work which speaks for itself, right? but it is the process or the manner in which that work was done. Mm-hmm that brings the full, complete fulfillment of what is craftsmanship. And the way in which the craftsman or woman will know is the impact of that work upon society around them. Right. So you have just paid me a craftsman's compliment, which is exactly the reason why I'm here. So look to their works and Mm -hmm. see the work that someone is doing or leaving and its impact on society mm-hmm. and determine whether or not that work has a positive impact on society and that you can see that they're consciously aware of that or if mm-hmm. that work has a significant negative impact on society. And therein, you will learn your first lesson today of knowing what true craftsmanship is and what it is not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Charles, we definitely thank you for sharing all of the great insightful wisdom, you know, helping us understand what the practice of craftsmanship is all about. You know, my last question to you would would be, if anyone is interested in seeing more of your body of work, um, getting tied into your book series, I know you said it's available on Amazon and and, and most of the... uh, uh, publishing platforms out there, but how would they go about, you know, finding out more about your body of work? Is there a website or anything like that available? Yes, we've put up the journal, the Life Masterpiece Journal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's now, I, I started it in November. It's now f- constructed and present on uh, the Medium publishing platform. So go to mylifemasterpiece.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there you will find the construction that's in the first book, Making a Masterpiece of Your Life, which is the five elements of life as a craft, mm-hmm. the four phases of life as a craft from journey work, from apprenticeship in your early days to uh, mentorship in the latter part of your life and in the four phases of your life, which means as a craftsperson, you have this wonderful thing laying before you for the rest of your life. There are no empty days whatsoever. And that content is there and accessible to anyone who wants to use this framework and practice life as a craft. Well, thank you very much, Charles. We certainly uh, appreciate you sharing that. Thank you, Gregory. Um, To all of our listeners, this has been a very insightful uh, discussion. Uh, We've enjoyed having Charles bring forth a very unique perspective on focusing on practicing life as a craft versus managing family career purely by intuition, trial, or error, which I took that right from 
Charles's bio because I thought that was just very well written. And Charles, we're going to have to have you back because I, I think there's more um, to the story here that we, we obviously didn't have time to cover. And I'm sure you've got some other great things going on behind the scenes that uh, kind of carries this, uh, this journey of life as a craft even forward more than what you have already uh, laid out in some of your books and some of your journals and, and current body of work. So what's on the horizon for you nowadays? The horizon is th this endeavor that I've now entered into, which is a collaboration with podcast hosts around mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. And what I have come to discover is that if in the fourth phase of my life, which is the mentorship phase, age 65 mm -hmm. to 85 and beyond, mm -hmm. that phase is all about you gathering up your work and packaging it in a simple, concise way in order to share it as a legacy, as mm -hmm. part of the heritage to the next generation. Mm -hmm. And I determined that if I just did it on my own, by myself, certainly my family would have access to it as they do now and maybe mm -hmm. a few others. Mm -hmm. But if I collaborate with podcast hosts who have this as part of their legacy, we are much more likely to bring this message to a wider variety of people who never may have found this message otherwise. So I'd be happy to come back, Gregory, and continue our collaboration. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, the door is always open for you, Charles. Um, you know, you have now been adopted into the Cut to the Chase family, along with all of our other featured guests. And again, it has been an honor and a sure delight to understand your body of work and ensuring that everything that you're doing right now is leaving a tremendous impact on our society. And so I'm going to wrap up with saying what I always say at the end of every podcast, which is to everyone, let's ensure that we maintain our empathy and compassion for one another. Let's find ways to bring forth unity and togetherness. And as Charles has left us with a very unique perspective on life as a craft. Let's all take those words to heart and go out and practice. Thank you again very much, Charles. This has been episode 121 entitled, Where Are the Good Men? I'm your host, Gregory Proctor. This is Cut to the Chase podcast. Have a wonderful day. Take care and bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Cut to the Chase. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Cut to the Chase. You'll also find even more great content on our website at www.k2tcpodcast.com. Thank you and catch you on the next episode.